Hi, this is Tony Campolo. The name of this show is From Across the Pond. And I, uh, I do hope you listen every week at this time. Uh, I'm Tony Campolo. The guy with me is Shane Claiborne. We call it Across the Pond because we put the show together uh, in suburban Philadelphia, here on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, we're at Eastern University and Cabrini University, a Baptist school, a Catholic school. And uh, we put this show together for you people across the pond. That's why we call it Across the Pond. And uh, uh, you can go to our website because we are fostering and promoting red-letter Christianity, red-letter Christians. Go to our website, redletterchristians.org. Find out about this program that we're promoting. A lot of people don't want to use the word evangelical anymore uh, because in the United States particularly— evangelicals, have white evangelicals, I have to be careful, have been overwhelmingly supporters of Donald Trump and of his agenda. And there's a sense in which people who say, wait a minute, we don't want to be identified with that agenda. Uh, we don't want to be building walls uh, against the people in Central America. We don't want to be cutting taxes. We, we don't want to be giving tax breaks to the rich taking services away from the poor, which is happening in the Trump administration. Yeah. We don't want more money spent on the military. We want less money spent on the military. Uh, if you're into Trumpism, if that's what evangelicals are for, uh, we're, we're not with you. Uh, we're not with you at all. We don't want to call ourselves evangelicals. Mm -hmm. And we respond by saying, fine, then start calling yourselves red-letter Christians. Go to the website, redletterchristians.org, and we're simply people who say, we've got a, an agenda. We've got a policy. We've got a set of political statements. And, and some of y'all are listening from other parts of the world, but those of you that are in the UK, you should know we've got big news that Red Letter Christians has launched in the UK. And there's been a gathering of, of dozens of incredible leaders from all over the UK. Uh, and uh, you, you can find uh, Red Letter Christians UK on Twitter and Facebook and all over the place. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. And tell them about the guy that's setting it up over there. Yeah. Ash Barker um, is, is an amazing leader, close friend of ours. He came over here and now has uh, been gathering everybody uh, to get momentum there around Red Letter Christians. And we're going to be over there uh, in the summer in June uh, with Ash and with other Red Letter Christian leaders. We hope to see you. Tony and I'll be touring uh, together talking about Jesus and justice. Yeah. And uh, I, the word on the street is we, 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 you know, we've been melting guns here in the U.S. You don't have as many guns over there in the U.K., but I think we're going to melt some knives down. That's right. It's and we a, may even yeah. have, uh, you know, uh, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury there with us. We're excited about all that's happening. And, you know, what we're seeing around the world is that much of Christianity has taken our eyes off of Jesus. And we've talked a lot about things Jesus didn't talk about. And we haven't talked about some of the things that were really close to the heart of Jesus that he talked so much about, like welcoming uh, the, the immigrant and, or the foreigner, the stranger, taking care of the poor. So we loving our enemies, selling what we have and give it to the poor. So that's what we're about is a, a Christianity that looks like Jesus again. So you can go, like Tony said, you can go on our website, redletterchristians.org, but also keep an eye out for us because we're going to be over there. Well, uh, you know, I got a telephone call a few years ago. I'm I, maybe as much as 10 years ago, from uh, the people who handle Bono of U2, you know. 
Heard of him. Yeah, yeah. The most famous <laughs> rock band in the world, U2. Who also endorsed our book. You That's know, right. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he read it, but he, <laughs> yeah, he liked it. He endorsed it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the people that endorsed the book are better than the book itself. I mean, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. And, like, man, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, should write, uh, read Bishop this book. Tutu endorsed the book. <laughs> I mean, reading the endorsements is better than reading the book, I we, assure you. We had you. to pay him off. No. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, the reality is that uh, uh, we started this movement over there, and uh, it's basically an attempt to say, if you don't want to call yourself an evangelical anymore, because ev- the word evangelical has collected all of this excess baggage uh, that's weighing us down. You know, when you, if I go to Harvard or Stanford to speak, and I announce myself as an evangelical, the red flags go up and say, oh, you're anti-gay, you're anti-women, you're anti-environmentalist, you're anti-immigrant. You say, wait a minute, that's not where we are. That's not who we are. We are are people who love people. People, as a matter of fact, one of my best lines these days, it's not mine, but I use it all the time. Whenever the church draws a line and pushes certain people on the other side of the line, I have to say, Jesus is on the other side mm. of the line with them. Go through the red letters of the Bible. You know, we call ourselves red-letter Christians because here in the United States, a lot of the Bibles have the words of Jesus highlighted with red letters. That's where we got our name, red-letter Christians. We want to take Jesus seriously. We read the words that he teaches. You know, we have a lot of preaching across the country in the United Kingdom and in the United States, teaching the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed, Uh, teaching the doctrines that come out of the writings of the Apostle Paul. We get so busy studying Paul's epistle that we forget to read the Gospels. Mm. And so while our theology may be solid because we're into Paul, our lifestyle does not agree with the lifestyle prescribed by Jesus. No wonder Gandhi said, everybody knows what Jesus prescribed for us except for Christians. Christians don't Mm. listen to to the radical words of Jesus. You say, I don't agree. Okay, friend, go get your Bible out. Read the 5th, the 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew. No, I'm serious. Do it. And then ask, am I ready to live like Jesus is calling us to live? Mm. You want to comment well, on you this? Know, I think the, the irony that the, the word evangelical, uh, the very heart of it is evangel, which means good news. But as one of my friends says, like, when I look at evangelicalism, it mostly looks like bad news. And on good days, it looks like okay news. But it doesn't look like the good news of Jesus. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of good news coming out of our country right now, partly because many uh, uh, many Christians have confused their uh, love for Jesus with their with their love of, of American nationalism yeah. and this sort of civil religion. So, you know, as we look at the U.K., well, and I think first, before we talk more about the UK, you you have gone back to uh, a really interesting uh, job right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 70 years, 70 whatever years old, 80 years old, you're like, you know, taking a new job. Uh, in just a few days, I've become 84 years of age. Hey. That's, a, that's an old man, baby. Now, let me tell you what happened. I got a call uh, from the executive who heads up Baptist work in the Philadelphia area. And he said, we got this old Italian Baptist church in South Philadelphia that's about ready to close. We need somebody to take it over and carry it through this transition. And I said, I'll be glad to take it over, but I am not going to transition it to death. Mm. I'm going to work to revive it. Mm. And I got a colleague of mine here at Eastern. Uh, his, his, his name is, uh, is uh, 
Lindy Backus, Ph.D. in anthropology. He was a missionary in, uh, in Indonesia for 20 years. Surrounding the church these days is not Italians. They've moved out, are Indonesian people. It's God's great plan to bring a guy who knows the languages of Indonesia, because there are several, who knows the cultures, who studied it in depth, who's preached in Indonesia for years and years. To su- and he, he, when he came to teach at Eastern, he decided not to live out here in the suburbs where Eastern is located. But he lives a block and a half away from St. John's Baptist Church at 13th and Tasker. Incidentally, I'm telling you this because the services on Sunday are at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Come and hear me preach. Come and hear Lindy preach. 10.30 Sunday morning at St. John's Baptist Church at 13th and Tasker in South Philadelphia. So, yeah, this is a whole new venture. I, I will say we're trying to figure out a way that we can broadcast those because I know it's a long commute from the U.K., but, you know, I, I'm a little closer, so I'm hoping I can get down there. You, know, you need you, you need know, to you come know, and see it once. But you should tell say tell folks what you were telling me about the history of the church because it's fascinating that you're you're right back at a church in South Philly that has been so important to your family. Uh, it was a— a hundred years ago exactly, that my nine-year-old mother, mm. she was nine years old, as a member of the uh, Sunday school class, decided to be baptized. And uh, uh, she was baptized in that church. Uh, her family was very poor, and uh, they were in desperate straits. Mm. The uh, church had a student intern from a Baptist seminary who connected with my grandmother and helped her find a place to live uh, and uh, got my mother a job. She was nine years old. There's a street in Philadelphia known as Jewelers Row. Hmm. It's just 25 jewelry shops next door to each other. And she goes down, she went down there and every day she went into another jewelry shop, Hmm. shined all the silver, shined all the diamond rings, and that became the source of income for her mother and her brother and her sister. Mm. And uh, the, church, it, the church got them out of poverty. There was no welfare system, no dole from the government in those days. My father, on the other hand, came over to uh, the United States from uh, uh, Sicily. Mm. There was a big earthquake in Messina, wiped out most of the population of the city, including his mother and father. So he and his brother came Mm. over to the the United States. Same thing. He couldn't get a job. He didn't Mm. know where to turn. This young man who was working out of the church, Everett Griffith, Mm. got my father a job cleaning windows at the Benjamin Franklin Hotel. My mother and father met in the church youth group. They got married out of there. They got baptized out of so there. Great. Okay, that's only part of the story. The next part of the story is this. When I was a student many years ago at Eastern, I'm 84 years old now, so you can figure out how long ago that was. I was 20 then. I'm, standing on the pla- I'm sitting on the platform when we're having Spiritual Vision Week at Eastern University. Uh, you, I always refer to those weeks as Be Kind to God Week. You know, the school's going to concentrate on evangelism for a week. We had a speaker come in, and uh, uh, he, uh, he uh, was going to speak on the subject of Jesus in the Hebrew Bible. He was an expert on the Hebrew Scripture, because the early church did not have the New Testament, obviously. 
They had the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. But they found Jesus all through the Hebrew Bible, the prophecies about Jesus all through the Hebrew Scriptures. And he was going to preach on that that week. So we're sitting up on the platform. He turns to me and he says, what's your name? I said, my name's Tony Campolo. He said, I knew a Tony Campolo when I was a student intern at St. John's Baptist Church in (laughs) South Philadelphia. He said, uh, he married Mary Piccarelli. I said, that's my mother. He started to cry. The idea that these people he rescued from poverty years and years ago was going into the Christian ministry. Uh, I mean, this Mm. blew him away. So he had to sing another hymn while he pulled himself together. (laughs) So when I got a call from the head of the Baptist movement saying, we we need somebody to uh, bury this church, I said, I'm not going to bury it. I'm going to commit myself to reviving it. So I've gone down there and saying to the congregation, you don't have to pay me a salary. Lindy Bacchus is working in the church with me because I'm on the road speaking about, uh, you know, let's say 60% of the time I'm there, but 40% of the time I'm away on Sundays. He's doing the preaching then. He's going to be leading the Bible study in the middle of the week. Uh, This guy was a missionary in Indonesia. He's starting an Indonesian Bible study in the church. I mean, you talk about God's planning. And, wow. and so it's exactly 100 years ago that my mother was baptized into that church. Mm. And here, 100 years later, I'm coming back so to be cool. the pastor of St. John's Baptist Church, 13th and Tasker, Sunday morning service, 1030 a.m. <laughs> if you're anywhere in Philadelphia, you come out to church. And if you don't, all the elastic in your underwear is going to be snapping and you're going to feel the pressure. So there. Uh, let's talk about your activities these days. Oh, man. What yeah. are you working on these days? Well, you're going, I, you're I, melting guns. I'm melting guns. Because we've got a gun yeah. problem here in the United States. How many guns we are do. there in the United we've States? We've got, uh, well, one of the problems is it's hard to get an exact number, but this is what we do know is that there's over 300 million guns. Uh, most of the experts think that there are more guns than people in the United States. But here's I'm sure. the So we've got 5% of the world's population, around 5%, but we have almost half of the world's guns. We've got more than, we catch this, we've got five times more gun dealers than McDonald's restaurants. Is that Five why? times more. Yeah. So, uh, and, and and we've also, you know, got almost every day right now, it seems like we have a mass shooting. Like uh, we're recording this and, and yesterday there was a mass shooting in Georgia. The day before that, there was a mass shooting, five, I think, killed in Florida. And so, like, I think that's part of why uh, we decided to write this book uh, called Beating Guns. Uh, but it's bigger than a book. We're going to travel the whole country. Probably when this show airs, we'll be traveling the country uh 40 different uh, events we're going to do in, over, in, in the United tw- 20, 20 states, all over the United States, melting guns down in every okay. city. And, uh, and, and, and also like amplifying the voices of people who have been directly impacted by gun violence. So all the uh, information's on our, our website, beatingguns.org. But it's really powerful for me because I think some of this uh, is, is stuff that's, you know, in our neighborhood. It's one of the, the, the things that we are, are trying to, heal that you know well, i mean well, we, we got way too many shootings in philadelphia almost one a day we have almost one homicide a day in philly of gun from guns well while uh, the united kingdom has some gun violence yeah most of the vicious and violent action is done with knives right right so guess what they're doing in the united kingdom yeah Talk yeah so we're we're, we're uh, what we've been doing in the united states is inviting people to donate guns that we melt down so we're inviting people 
uh, and the municipalities in the UK that have knives to donate them and we're, we're transforming them. It's all inspired by this vision that you, you may have uh, uh, heard that, that God's people will beat swords into plows. 65th spears chapter into, of yeah. Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah and Micah also has that vision. It's a beautiful vision that we will uh, beat the uh, tools of death into instruments of life. Uh, and, and, and so that, that vision has inspired us and my friends. Uh, they're blacksmiths. You, you like their name is uh, War Flip Backwards. So they're called Raw Tools. Um, yeah, really and good. and, and uh, they're, they're the blacksmiths that, trans, uh, you know, that, that change the guns. And it's an amazing thing. In one hour, we can take an AR-15 military-style assault rifle and one hour later, it's, a, it's a, a couple of garden tools. Yeah, when you folks in the United Kingdom or South Africa, New Zealand, wherever you're listening to this show, when we talk about guns, we're not simply talking about little revolvers. We're talking about attack weapons. Yeah. I mean, uh, these people got most police departments feel themselves outgunned by the drug pushers in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's, it's a scary situation. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, our friend uh, Brian McLaren says— um, when uh, God's prophets do not speak, yea, says the Bible, the very, he, he modifies it, yea, the very rock stars must cry yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so he's become an advocate for uh, ending gun violence. But uh, uh, the musical, uh, Les Miserables, mm. uh, the closing song, I don't know whether you've ever listened to the words of the closing song, but it says, when the kingdom of God comes, we pray the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the kingdom comes, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and learn war and no more. Mm-hmm. So at the West, the theaters in the West End of, uh, or rather the East End of, uh, of uh, London and the Broadway shows in millions and millions of people have heard that message mm. through the musical Les Miserables. Yeah, yeah, wow. And so you're simply going to pick up on that. Use that music as back before you come on stage. Oh, yeah, play that, Tony, good. Play that closing, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> the, have you ever listened to that closing hymn? I have, yeah. Uh, it's, it's the most moving thing. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, speaking at a missions conference in Hawaii. Hey, somebody's got to go and preach the gospel in Hawaii. Yeah, but. Uh, Suffering a, for the Lord. It was a huge missions conference, and they said, what do you want for your closing hymn? And I said, uh, uh, play the closing song of uh, Les Miserables. And people were moved, mm. you know. Yeah. Do you hear them? Do you hear the people sing? Do you hear the drumbeat? It's the people who are pleading for tomorrow to come. Mm. And what will tomorrow be? It will be a time when the swords are beat into plowshares and they learn war no more. Yeah, that's the beautiful future. vision. It's and, a beautiful you know, I, and vision. We're, I think it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that the guns and the knives are the symptom of a deeper disease of violence in our world. So, you know, there's, there's folks that say it's not a gun problem, it's a heart problem. And we're saying it's both, you know, yeah. like, like even if we got rid of every gun in the world and every knife, like people still drive cars into crowds to kill people. You can turn anything into a weapon. You know, we had someone here that used a pressure cooker as a bomb, you know? So, but one of the things that we're also doing is inviting people to look internally and to think of the hostilities, the anger, the resentments in their own hearts. And we actually invite people to write those on a piece of paper and they throw them in the forge and it burns wow. them up, uh, the same forge that will then melt the gun in. So it, it, it is about guns and it's also about just how do we heal this world of, of, of the violence that we, we see almost everywhere, every day in the news. 
And uh, when you say that, uh, I do want to point out that about 40% of all the murders in the United States take place with people in their own homes Mm -hmm. killing other members of the family. And they get angry and they uh, become uh, temporarily insane because of anger. And if there's a gun handy, they grab the gun and shoot the wife, shoot the husband. And five minutes later, they're all tears and saying, why did I do that? Oh, how can I ever be forgiven? And the good news is that God does forgive, but he doesn't exactly get thrilled with that kind of behavior. Well, I mean, one of the other the other kind of sides of this is is the suicides too. Ha, ha, over half of the gun deaths are suicides, self inflicted deaths, and so, um, and the accessibility to guns make all the difference in the world. Because obviously, when you you you, att- you know attempt suicide with a gun, it's often you know effective. You die. Whereas almost every other method of t- taking your life is like a nine percent, ten percent success rate. So. Yeah. And the people That's that, important. you know, so it's, it's a big deal. And, and, uh, and, and when, when you don't have a gun nearby, often you, you have a chance to rethink, uh, your, your, you know, drivenness to take your life. So, um, so we, I, I'm convinced that we can save some lives, you know, on this issue. And this is a pro-life issue too. Yeah. Uh, Shane often says when he's on the speaking circuit, when Jesus said, love your enemies, he probably meant we shouldn't kill them. Yeah. And that's a, you say, that's pretty obvious. Well, it's not very obvious to most of the churches in the United States and the United Kingdom. We, uh, we act as though we, we thrill at militarism. I don't want to put down soldiers because I got to admit that my ability to talk against militarism has been created by a lot of brave men and women laying down their lives in order to give me the right to speak freely on this issue. So I don't want to put down the military, but I do have to say that militarism has become something that we depend on. It's Martin Luther King called it one of the great sins of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spend about 40% of the huge national budget of this country mm. simply on armaments yeah. and yeah. on military and uh, instead of the poor. Uh, yeah. And we were talking at an earlier show about uh, people coming up from Central America trying to enter the country illegally. And uh, I have to remind people that what we really ought to be doing is instead of spending billions of dollars to build a wall, we should be investing in the economy of the uh, of Mexico, of Nicaragua, of Honduras. Right, right. Because if people had jobs, they wouldn't be trying to get into this country. But that's the facing reality that yeah. we have to deal with. So, y- so y'all should be, you know, praying for us because there's a lot of talk about the the crisis on the border, which is a humanitarian crisis, you know. But but I think the real national crisis in America right now is our gun violence. A hundred lives a day that are being lost, 38,000 a year. Uh, I just read one thing, Tony, that said in 20 years, we've lost more lives to guns than in 250 years of foreign wars. Is that amazing? Right here, you know, like literally there's a war in our schools and in our streets that's taking so many lives. So, yeah. My old high school, West Philadelphia High School, uh, when you come to school in the morning, you have to go through uh, one of those metal detectors yeah, yeah. Uh, to see, make sure you're not carrying a gun or a knife with you. Imagine high school kids carrying guns and knives to school, so they have to check them out as they come into school because they don't want mass murders uh, occurring in the school. So that's what yeah. we're up against. Close this thing out with a good word about Red Letter Christians. Yeah, so we're really excited about what the Spirit's doing. Sometimes people say to me, um, 
well, where are the Christians that are really talking about the things Jesus talked about? And I say, go to our website, redletterchristians.org, and then click on people. And uh, you will see dozens and dozens of people who are writers and speakers. And you can actually, we've posted sermons now from our revivals of dozens of preachers, uh, men and women, and that are uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus and justice. So there's all kinds of great stuff on our website. Um, there's also a place where you can join the movement. You can uh, sign up and say, I, I, I want to be a part of the Red Letter Christian movement. So you can take the pledge and get our uh, weekly wake-ups. We, we give uh, these morning devotions every day. So uh, there's a lot happening, and we want you to be a part of it. Um, and thanks for joining us here. You were stuck with Tony and I today, but we, we a, a lot of times we have guests that are, are singing the same song of, of Jesus and justice, and uh, we're so glad that you join us. So Thanks we, for listening, and uh, be back next week, redletterchristians.org. That's us. Yeah, and we'll be over there. Don't forget, we're coming over to the U.K. We'll be traveling with Ash Barker and joining the Red Letter Christians U.K. movement over there. So keep an eye and, out for and that. And that Red Letter Christian website has the dates. Yep. And uh, so you, you go and, and say, what would it look like for my life if I read the Sermon on the Mount, those uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and said, what, what if Jesus really meant it? How might it reorient my life and turn my world upside down? So that's it for this week. We'll uh, catch you next week. Join us uh, right here on Premier Radio across the pond.